We're back. We're back. Yo. Hello. Yo. Back with Krebs. <laughs> that sounds like a that sounds like a, a break. It sounds like a snare. It sounds like a train. Um, uh, so hey, uh, what's up, everybody? We are here with Wirefall. What's good? Uh, everything or nothing. Your choice. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're binary in this bitch. Cubits over here. Um, so one second. Um, all right. Hey. So Wirefall. Hi. How are you? Uh, doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate being able to be on here. Uh, uh, look forward to uh, talking with some actual legitimate hackers. Computer hackers, real life. Hacking in real life. Yeah. Emotional 2019. Um, yeah, so um, I guess do you want to just introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about what you do and maybe talk a little bit about uh, DHA? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm Wirefall. Uh, I've been doing um, actually active penetration testing for uh, uh, since the mid '90s. Um, uh, the the first pen test I was ever uh, uh, paid to do was actually two years before Nmap. So uh, that made me feel really old when I was looking that up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. The, right before Nmap was published in uh, in uh, was it uh, Frac? I think it was Frac. Um, anyway, uh, I am uh, uh, the founder of Dallas Hackers Association. I'll go into that a little bit more later. Uh, I'm a board member of our local B sides, B sides DFW. Which, if you are in the area, or even if you're not, uh, first Saturday of November, so November second. And now that I've told you that, we're sold out. Sorry, <laughs> don't show up. Um, but uh, yeah, um, I'm also a the chief consultant of Telesploit. It's a, a side gig I have that uh, came from my uh, history in producing drop boxes for social engineering engagements. Um, and uh, Telesploit will be the training provider for uh, the North Texas ISSA Cybersecurity Conference 7 on, uh, I believe that's the 15th of November. Um, so I'll be doing a four-hour training there of uh, building out uh, uh, Raspberry Pis uh, as Dropboxes using Telesploit open source. We have a source version because we are built on open source. We completely support open source. Um, and this has been a source of uh, inspiration and consternation for me because uh, um, I have never uh, done at scale. Uh, we will we'll have 75 people in class, 75 Raspberry Pis, 75 uh, unique configurations. Um, and in a room that I found out just recently has six outlets. <laughs> so <laughs> that will be a challenge. You're have to have a lot of um, you really yeah. need one of those. Lots of power plugs plugged in to lots of power plugs. Yeah. Fire has Make those but, breakers uh, work. <laughs> I don't care if they do. That's not my problem. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so uh, D Dallas Hackers Association, let's let's go in a little bit into that. Um, DHA, we started uh, May 3rd, 2013. Uh, that 
the inspiration for that came from two things. One, um, I did a lot of work in the state of Texas down in Austin. Uh, actually still involved in, in that. But at the time, I was actually traveling down to Austin every week. And uh, there's a great group there called the Austin Hackers. You'll get different versions, whether it's association or anonymous. I think the, the consensus is anonymous. But aha. Uh -huh. They were basically the first ha, the, the, the ha that spawned them all. And um, what I loved about that is, you know, I mean, these, these people that were there at the time, you had uh, H.D. Moore, you had R. Snake, um, I believe Druid, um, a bunch of really, you know, well-known folks, but they didn't want it to become a fanboy network. So it was come and present or don't come at all. Uh, you, you could attend online and, and participate in the forums and stuff and they would they would give you a pass. But if you just lurked, uh, you were persona non grata. And uh, um, so it was really community oriented, you know, community driven, you had to get up and talk. Everything was a fire talk. It was 10 minutes. If you went over 10 minutes, they um, at the least would heckle you, they may be physical violence. Um, the uh, but the majority of it was was that you know you participate, and um, I really liked that because what I saw up here in Dallas, Fort Worth area, was at the time very much uh, you know the the talking head, which that's fine, um, you know an hour hour and a half of one person talking on a subject. If you happen to like that subject, you're in luck. It's a good night. If it was PCI. Yes, and that's not your thing. Your night pretty much sucked. Um, <laughs> so with the the talk aspect is that you know, first of all, it's bring more of the community in, but also if if something's bad, then it's bad for a very short period of time. Um, so I just started up thinking basically, you know, there'd be maybe really my hope was there'd be a dozen, maybe two dozen people that would be really cool, and we could talk about cool shit kind of like what the crowd here does you know you're, you're you're all having a good time you're all talking about stuff you enjoy um and that was my hope and and initially but it was it was uh, you know I, I i i got what i was asking for uh, uh they maybe a dozen people in the beginning um had some really good discussions in the very beginning it was me talking a lot because uh, you know there's only a dozen people um a lot of times folks ask me how, how you start the community type thing. And, and, and really it was um, one first, just do it. But the other was do a, a venue that had on Wednesdays, which we meet the first Wednesday of every month, free, I mean, not free, sorry. They had half price wings. So I bought lots of wings and I really think <laughs> the yeah. Dallas association is successful because there were free wings. <laughs> Um, that, makes sense. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, a, a, an army marches on its stomach, so do hackers, right? Um, <laughs> so that's, that's a really interesting uh, but, point, uh, though. Oh, sorry, you going? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that I really appreciated that point where you're, where you're saying about getting people to be involved in stuff because doing community things, like community relies on, like, you know, interrelations and having a community, like you're saying, trying to not not have just fanboys of, of different 
people kind of show up and try to mingle and, and, you know, basically brown nose and try to get up in the scene or whatever, you want to actually see people doing real things and actually presenting things and finding their passion and, and contributing to the, like the betterment of the industry is a, a really like awesome way to build community. Yeah, Absolutely. And I, I, I was not worried about the fanboy part here in Dallas because nobody gives a shit about me, but, um, but really of, 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 inculcating uh, you know bringing that to that this is what you make it this is your opportunity here here's a small group local group your friends your your colleagues you know get up and talk to them then the next steps we've seen people multiple people come from dha to other they they go out to our local defcon groups or we have a, a number of other groups north texas Cybersecurity group um Pwn School, uh, Phil Wiley, who I hope you will have on here shortly. Uh, I'll introduce you to him. Um, yeah. He's been with DHA since uh, the, the first meetup. Uh, he started Pwn School. Um, all these other groups, and then they go to those groups. They then go to our B-Sides, DFW, and talk. And one of our, our folks, the Uber Kitten, he's, he came from DHA to B-Sides, uh, and has done DEFCON, um, you know, so you just see this trajectory that it's launched from the local environment. Yeah. That's awesome. We have a question actually from the Twitch chat. Uh, Melon Clock asks, any ideas on how to encourage group participation without just forcing people, especially for newer folks? Yeah, it, that, that's difficult. Uh, you know, um, AHA forces. Uh, we, we call ourselves a kinder, gentler AHA, which Mavhead, who leads that now, will say that's bullshit. That doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> we say it does. But, um, and, and really, I don't know if there, there is an answer in that um, we really have probably a 40 to 50% turnover every month, even, even though we have between 100 and 150 people come out every month. Um, a large majority are the first time. And I think that's because uh, at Tinkersec on here before, and you know he can be a very vocal person. Um, mm -hmm. He yells at people and tells them, "Here's your here's your pass. Next time you're talking." <laughs> <laughs> and I think they just don't. <laughs> so, uh, um, what's that? It can be intimidating, though, if you've never never spoken. It, it can, and, and we have we have we have multiple modes. But what we do is, um, when you have the sign up sheet, uh, uh, we started off with no sign up sheet because just holy cow, somebody's going to talk. Great. Um, now we have a sign up sheet because we have more talks than than we can actually uh, process for 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 one time. But the uh, it it says is your presentation less than ten minutes? The options are yes and yes because this is a fire talk. You don't have a choice. Um, and are you a first-time speaker? And we prioritize first-time speakers over uh, other people. Uh, so it's for, otherwise, it's first come, first serve, other, but we prioritize first-time speakers because we want new people to get involved. Um, and then there's a column for troll mode. For all of the organizers, myself, Tankersec, Whiskey Neon, uh, Commander Opsec, or, or uh, Lockpicks and Lipstick, Mobius, um, that's always on. Yeah, troll the hell out of us. But if you're a new speaker, um, 
you can choose that. And if, if we will honor that, if you say you, you, you just want to get up and talk and don't want anybody to say anything until it's Q and a we'll respect that. Um, but given that, you know, I mean, just do it. Uh, we, we have, uh, an individual who comes out to multiple of our local meetups that's from Tyler, a nearby, uh, that somewhere near Tyler, that's multiple hours away. He's a high school kid. And he came out and he finally gave his first talk. Uh, absolutely fantastic. Showed code, did a live demo, which I mean, you know, yeah. seasoned presenters fear right live demo. demo. He, he did live demo. Yeah. And it failed. It failed spectacularly. Um, he continued on, talked about what it should have done, walked through the code, and absolutely amazing. Great, great job. You know, he's, uh, like I said, a high school kid. If, 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 if he can do it, uh, you can do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people, you know, often think that being a first time speaker, they don't have the content to necessarily show these people that have been like attending a lot that they're a bit worried, maybe. And I think, yeah, you're right. Just uh, that's what you've got to do. Just do it. If you're going to stand up and talk about SQL injection or some Burp plugin or something that everybody already uses, the best thing you can really do is just be pretty clear and it's 10 minutes right so what can you fit in 10 minutes absolutely uh, yeah just just be really clear and and get the things that you know out the things that you know that you know you're right on don't don't try and get fancy just do it and get it it'll be done one thing that people can no, do like, too who are interested in like speaking about things that are relatively basic is speak to meetups that aren't uh like hacker meetups like developers really want to hear about sql injection it's not obvious to them and like that is both a public service and a good way to help you practice. Hell yeah. Well, and and like Tinker always says uh, in the beginning is, um, don't talk to the audience, talk to you. If you've written your first Python script, talk about that. Now, a lot of people tune out, but guess what? We have a 50% turnover rate. A lot of people might be interested. Um, if, if you're talking about something that's so elite, it's gonna blow our brains. Um, go ahead. We'll go look it up later. You know, um, uh, talk to what you're doing, not to the audience. Don't don't try to dumb it down or make it more elite. Um, we we have uh, uh, we call him our professor emeritus, Woody. Um, he's been coming since very very early. He was a pioneer in the old day. He he wrote a a paint program on five and a quarter inch floppies that he sold, right. <laughs> Freaking amazing! He, he's he actually man. brought in a a, a cocoa color a Commodore and 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 demonstrated it at one point in time, but he wants to be relevant, and so he, while at DHA, learned Python, and he's also a ham op, uh, radio operator. He got a job through I I don't know one of the, one of the you know uh, social media type things to program because uh, a lot of these ham radios can be programmed via serial so he wrote a python program to automate the the uh frequency jumping of this radio and made money that's awesome he was happy as a clam yeah and and and, and he loves he loves crypto and you know you shouldn't roll your own crypto um he does it anyway and and yes if if uh you know could it be broken yeah, of course, but 
he's demonstrating the things he's learning in the process yeah. of doing that. And that's all yeah. that's all we're about. That's awesome. That's, that's a good point on roll your own crypto. Everyone does say don't roll your own crypto, which in production is 100% true. Don't. Yeah, but, but if it's for learning. Like, yeah, you're not going to, you're not using it to like replace signal. You're not using it to replace TLS. Like screw around with it. Yeah. The only way to get good at anything is practice. Yeah, for sure. No one fucking started a language and knew, oh, it's worked right off. Yeah, I, I like what you're saying, though, about, about having people just speaking to what they're learning and not being concerned about whether or not it's like the most elite thing. Because there are people that like there's tons of things that I would love to see a beginner course on by somebody who's just there, who's able to talk after to ask questions and say, hey, like I was trying to learn this too and I couldn't figure out this one thing and I gave up. And they might have the exact thing that you spent, you know, weeks looking yep. through documentation and Stack Overflow, never found it. And they might just <clears throat> elucidate it to you. Like, yeah, that, that's true. Like moment. So that's really awesome. And yeah, that's, that's one of the things we encourage it for speakers as well is, is it doesn't have to be a preso of what you've done. It's going to be what you're failing at and asking the group for recommendations yeah. you know I mean, we expect you've googled it that you've tried different things but anyway you know we're, we're failing you... is the greatest experience absolutely because yeah. you learn the most from those and like people should stop seeing failure as bad mm -hmm. another thing you can do is if you're learning about a thing and you're excited about learning about a thing you could just tell everybody about what you're learning about and you know, that, that's what i do <laughs> If it's one of the very basic, you know, talks, let's say this is a hello world for Python and that person's very excited about it. Great. Um, and you're not because you're a Python guru. Um, we really are a, a, a mini con every month. So we have a, uh, a room for um, crypto party. So you can go in there and contribute to that. We have a room for lock picks, well, you know, lock sport. Uh, we have a CTF every oh, month. That's nice. Um, we, yeah, so so you can go, hey, I, this talk's not for me. I'm going to go down here and hack for a while or lock, pick some locks for a while or go into the hallways or go into one of the side rooms because we're in a Korean karaoke bar. It's freaking mm -hmm. cyberpunk awesome. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and have another conversation or, or, or you know, do something else. And then come back when the, the talk does interest you. We have, uh, you know, uh, video streams, not always. Uh, we've had some issues, but usually video streams into the other rooms so you can uh, watch there. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time. Um, you get a lot of people giving the exact same talks, like different people giving the exact same talks on the same topics. Uh not not really we, we we've had the same people within the community give talks at multiple venues so like our local defcon group Northex cybersecurity dallas hackers giving a very similar talk or the same talk that does happen um really haven't had collisions on a night uh or even that i can remember within a time frame at dha so that that's really cool issue. though that's awesome. Yeah, I think that that's one. That's it's a good thing to share, like what what you're doing. I think that's what we try. And, I guess yep. that's kind of what, what kind of happens here. Like we 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 share stuff. 
I guess. I yeah, yeah, at most share. Yeah, yeah. It's it's hard <laughs> though sometimes because to to get people to to really feel comfortable sharing, it's like you have to create that sort of welcoming vibe. Yeah, or a vibe that's like a tough love vibe. Like, oh. hey, you're gonna share. You might fuck it up, but we're still gonna love you. We're gonna eat wings, like whatever. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that like people like. I, I, it's not hard to do that, you know. It's not like it doesn't cost. Definitely, that, a, a, a couple of things. I think the challenges that that one is, and then uh, uh, in the uh, the Twitch uh, Pixel Kicker asked, uh, "How do you pay for the venue? How did you find the venue?" I think the two most difficult things as an organizer. Um, one is venue. Honestly, it, it's mm -hmm. very much so. It's it's very difficult to find a good venue. The uh, uh, we we met at a local bar just because it was a local bar to me. Uh, we went. I I was driving by like the day or two before our next meetup. And noticed the plywood over the doors. We <laughs> closed. We had to find another place. That place was fantastic. We were starting to out with, uh, but actually one of our our first rule of DHA uh, for anybody who's been there, they know it. They recite it back is don't hack the venue. And the reason we have that is because we were kicked out of a venue. Uh, that second one, um, the the we were actually allowed back. Uh, I was not there. It was one of two of the seventy-seven meetups we had that I, I, I could not attend. Uh, um, and the owner said, "You have to promise me that this will never happen again." They actually had credit card fraud committed. Uh, they, it was uh, um, from when we were there. It was, they had an open wireless network with unpatched Windows 95. I'm like, hey boy. I cannot guarantee, I cannot guarantee this will not happen. I, if, if I were a malicious actor, I would be waiting for the hacker group to come to do this, to cover my tracks. Um, but you're just lucky this doesn't happen on a daily basis. So we had to move. Uh, we found this fantastic venue. Uh, like I said, uh, family karaoke, this Korean karaoke bar. Um, but the venue is incredibly difficult. Um, when you get that, uh, that's that's golden. Uh, the other, so though, which, had, which uh, you were bringing. What, go what ahead. I heard from that was, was that uh, you should wait until DEF CON to go where, to where all the hackers are to do your dirt from DEF Absolutely. CON. They'll never catch you. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a rule for everyone. No, I um, often wonder if but the other one were like security people specifically like the honey pods before that time, before DEFCON happens, to try and catch people specifically hacking the casinos. I'd say definitely. I would. The, the, the other one, though, that, that bridging the gap of new versus seasoned. Um, it's really difficult, and, and it was actually one of the, the, the things that, that pushed me to start DHA, which was um, there were other groups that felt very exclusive, that, you know, you come in and you're just, you're not part of it. You can tell it's a click. They, you know, there's these established relationships. Um, that's fine, but you don't feel necessarily completely welcome. Um, bridging that gap, you know, uh, straddling not bridging, straddling that gap of you, you want to be completely inclusive. You want everyone to feel welcome. Yeah. The only reason they're going to come back, the only reason they're going to come back is that it's something special. 
that they feel in or some sort of specialness or of being part strength. of the group. Sorry, what was that? I said, or they had friend that we're already going. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. To to introduce them, but but otherwise, you know, um, what you want is to be inclusive, but at the same time, somewhat exclusive because it has to seem special. Oh, If it's of not course. special, you know, why would it be anything? So you need Just to like have the website joke. invite only gather like more attention. People envy something that is that is close. You know, uh, Tinker always jokes that how, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get 150 people there. And he's like, how the hell did you find out about this? We only advertise on the dark web, meetup.com. <laughs> <laughs> <Dot com. laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. But that's difficult. And I, I think, I, I, I hope, and the feedback I've received has been that we've successfully done that, uh, that we're very welcoming. Uh, that, you know, yeah. people of all backgrounds feel very welcome there, but also that you want to come back because it does That's a bad feel stigma like around the community. Yeah, well, you feel like you finally found that beacon that, that you know, you aren't alone. Oh, for sure. But there's the, a thing that I kept saying, like, That's exactly what the go government want, that people fear each other, stay in their corner, they won't share. They... I think uh, people should restart, like, experiencing, not trusting people, but I don't know. A lot of people won't, won't even share a file because they're scared. We, we, I, I know we've had, I mean, we've actually had a presentation at DHA by, by the FBI. I, I got a lot, of, a lot of flack from that, you know, oh, um, but, but, but honestly, yeah, uh, but honestly, I, I would rather them engaging us than not engaging us uh, because otherwise True. we won't know. True. Um, yeah, so, if you they know, didn't want to spy, they wouldn't go like talk directly to you. That will blow up the cover. Yeah. But also, they, 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 what if you work there? Ahead. Like, say, say you were at, you work at the FBI, and you're obviously interested in computer, and you live locally. Sounds like a great place to go. Yeah. Absolutely. And 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 uh, we you know we we do the the same mantra that all hacker groups do is you know don't talk about illegal shit. Everything you did, you did with permission or on your own network. Um, <laughs> Uh, Tinker always does the look left, look right, look left. That person's uh, an FBI agent that's trying to make their metrics look to your right. That's a black hat hacker that just wants to get into your network. That's why he's sat next to you. Um, you know, you you really need to keep up your 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 uh, opsec, but but otherwise, I don't ask. I don't care. Just don't incriminate. I don't want to know illegal shit. But. Do we have white hats? Lots of them. Do we have black hats? Absolutely sure of it. Do we have FBI? Yes. Um, share information. That's all I give a shit about. Honestly, all this ad bull, all this ad thing is pure bullshit. I say people just change. It, it's matter of the situation. Circling back, yeah, though, and, I think that idea that you're talking about about like community is one of the most important things with these you know, hacker meetups. It's, it's pretty amazing. 
and and the value that uh, the the one recommendation you know I, I I get a lot of new people coming up and asking how do I get into this industry, and uh, it's difficult for me because I I I came from very long ago when nobody was doing this and. So, I mean, the, the, the logical answer would be, well, invent a time machine, go back to the dot-com boom, and you're good. Um, but realistically, because now there's, like, you can get a PhD in cybersecurity. It, it blows my mind. Um, but they are doing the number one thing. You're here. You're, you're at a local meetup. You know, I, 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 I preach networking all the time, not Cisco kind, but, you know, actual person kind. Um, I've seen so many people's successful careers launched through these local meetups um, because when it really comes to security, I, I think one of the, um, I think we, we might go into some social engineering stuff uh, later, which I, I, I have this, this, this idea about, but really I sell trust. Uh, I'm decent at what I do, but I'm, I'm not elite like uh, many hackers. You know, I, I'm not daily creating zero days but you can trust me. My background, honestly, is uh, my background is military law enforcement. Um, my, my sale is that here I can do these things and you can trust me. Now here's somebody else that can produce a zero day, you know, every week that also is on all of these, you know, uh, Carter sites or whatever. Do you trust them in your network? That's your call. It's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't trust them. But that's your call. I, I deal in trust. A lot of security is based on trust. Yeah, it's just a matter of the that you get to that know. People that you get to know personally, that you've seen present, that you've had a beer with, that you've talked intimately with, you know who you trust. And when you have a position, that's who you're hiring. Yeah, absolutely. You know. So we, we did mention so, uh, social engineering a little bit ago and, and Dropboxes. Do you want to expand a little bit about what that is and, and how that's how those are used? Um, and then just social engineering, we can talk about throughout. Sure. Uh, well, I, actually, I, I got into building Dropboxes because I, I, I hate social engineering. Um, it, it's very trivial like you know you've, you've had uh, a tanker sec on you've had jack hide on you've had i commit felonies on um it, it it's trivial to succeed at this i mean i'm not i'm not trivializing their capabilities but they 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 have commented you know about how easy it is to accomplish many of these things and uh um i have stories similar where you know it's just basically shooting fish in barrels but it always still bothered me, uh, I, that, that social interaction part. So drop boxes were a way for me to, if I can get in quickly, uh, then I can put this box in there and get out and not have to deal with people again, because that's the part I didn't want to do. Um, and initially, so, so initially they were surreptitious drop boxes um, that, you know, you didn't want them to be discovered. They wanted to, you wanted them to blend in. Um, I would uh, build these out in the very beginning with a, uh, Wi-Fi Pineapple, I think it was Gen 2, because it had the, the two uh, Ethernet ports, which allowed for a perfect bridge. Um, and then um, my preferred uh, encasement hiding uh, uh, spot would be within a 
a printer, uh, sorry, a copier surge suppressor because they're fairly large. Um, you can get these new for like three, four hundred dollars or on eBay for 20 bucks. Uh, and all you have to do is find out what kind of copiers the organization is using, and you can get one of those. I can almost guarantee you on, on eBay. Um, so you get a Canon, you get a icon, you get whatever they're using. Uh, you pull out all the innards cause you don't care about surge suppression. Um, route the power across all of the, 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 the power plugs, just in case they plug anything in. And then instead of the phone surge suppression, which they have, or the ethernet one, you, uh, um, you basically go straight through from one port to the other port and the Wi-Fi pineapple. Um, so you get behind the copier. All you have to do is, you know, get in and often they're in the, the coffee break room. So you, uh, you get in there, you unplug the, the, the copier, plug it into this, it's plugged into the wall, unplug its ethernet, plug it into this, plug another ethernet cable from the other port into the wall. And the beauty of these things is I don't care what company it was again, Canon, Icon, uh, uh, uh Fujitsu, all of them in giant letters said, do not plug without authorization. Do not unplug without authorization. Um, <laughs> nobody's going to touch this. Uh, and now it's yes. transmitting. I did have it on it with a 3g dongle. So now it's transmitting. You don't even have to get past the firewall. Um, you can go in, uh, out of band and you're on the network. Uh, and most of those copiers aren't going to support NAC or, or any of that. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, and that, that's really where the Dropbox, uh, uh, where I got into Dropboxes was because it allowed me, if I could get in, I could get in quickly, I can place this and I can get out. I don't need to hang around. Uh, you know, Tinker had his, his great story about being the, the uh, sprinkler uh, investigator and spent hours there. I've, I've spent hours behind uh, uh, customer lines. I've spent, I've actually spent entire weeks there. My preference is get in, post this, get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, one of the things that I like about uh, you get a yellow jacket, get in, get out. They've uh, they've added a nice feature everywhere called Power Over Ethernet. So uh, Dropbox. Is oh, absolutely. Be, yeah. Yeah. No, so, so all, all of that, um, I, the experience I've been doing that for about eight years, um, I, I developed uh, this uh, solution based on being a pen tester for so long. Uh, I tra I've traveled a lot uh, for, uh, there was a year and a half time span where it was every day I was flying out on Sunday afternoon, flying back Friday night, basically do laundry on Saturday, uh, you know, kiss the wife and kids and then go on um that sucks uh, there is a depending on who you listen to a very low to negative unemployment rate in this field uh how do you so as a company how do you attract people to work for you um i know how you'd attract me you'd pay me lots of money and i wouldn't have to travel <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh the concept behind telesplate was solving all the problems from a uh, pen test perspective of doing internal pen tests remotely. And that included the out of band management, uh, you know, remotely changing configurations because the clients will never give you the right information the first time, all, all this other stuff. So we developed that and we've, because we're built on open source, we also have given back and you can go to GitHub slash telesploit 
there's an open source version. It'll be updated here shortly because I've, 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 I've found some issues while doing this uh, uh, training um, stuff for North Texas ISSA. Uh, but uh, you can build your own for your personal use or for a small to medium business that you have, uh, you know, a Dropbox that you can basically use. You can put it on a Pi. You can, uh, we use a, uh, basically a Intel Nook platform is our, our platform of choice. Um, and you now send a box. You, you don't need to go there. And how most organizations will use, many organizations will use a pen test resource to do like, let's say, multiple external pen tests at the same time, double, triple dipping. Um, you couldn't do that with internal because you had to actually be on site. But now you can actually do, you know, <clears throat> three different clients or one client with, let's say, four different locations. Uh, we're doing that right now uh, with with a customer where they have four different locations, but one, one, one tester is doing all four locations. Um, what I really like about the idea, though, is, is when you start talking about red teaming um, of, of red teaming from the perspective of bringing in experts to do one specific thing. And now you can have one deployment and you can bring in your best database person, your best web app person, your best, you know, uh, uh, network protocol person uh, and all put them all on the same device to, to do a single <laughs> test without having them on site. That's awesome. So I did want to ask you something. We we only have about twelve minutes left. And I kind of I really wanted your sort of uh, your perspective on on how things have changed since you started here. So you, you're saying that you did your first pen test in what nineteen ninety five, as soon as you started getting into that. Yep. That's that's a long. Yeah, ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, it was about ninety five. Yeah. So I I mean just from your perspective, I guess since you are now seeing. And you're actively involved in communities where you're seeing a lot of like young young hackers coming up now, um, people getting into this sort of field. Like, what what are some of the most striking things I guess that you've seen in your career as far as like anything goes from security to community? Just kind of want a little bit of perspective on that. Sure. Well, I think number one we already touched on of uh, the you know before just I. I was able to get into it because just nobody was doing it. My my background I, I i had a history in computers um back in the 80s uh as a kid you know with dial-up uh acoustic couplers and uh, figuring out random didn't mean random and basic and killing everybody in dungeons and dragons like, that kind of stuff to uh getting out of the military and coming back uh from europe i was stationed over there for four years and everybody was talking about how the web was going to just change everything I didn't know about it. I, I, I hadn't, I'd been offline basically for four years. And uh, so I get a local dial-up account with an ISP. And what do you do? You just start poking around. And literally every single person that was connected, you could connect to their hard drive. It was like, a, the no, this is, gonna, this is not going to take <clears throat> off if this is what you can do. And uh, um, I was wrong. It did exponentially, regardless of the infrastructure. Um, but uh, so I, I started out just really wanting to secure myself, you know, um, and trying to learn how to how to do that. And from that, it was because it was the dot com boom, I could not just spell security, I could just say it. 
and you were an expert. I mean, the, my first my first consulting gig, uh, you know, I, I came through the ranks, but my first consulting gig, I was sold as one of the quote preeminent security resources. And no, I I just didn't want people to connect to my hard drive, <laughs> connect to my ISP. It's, you know, I mean, there was there just there were no magazines other than twenty six hundred and frac. There was no dedicated, you know, you didn't have all these information security groups. So that's been a huge change. Um, you know, you you can get a PhD now in cybersecurity. Now, is that a valid thing? Uh, uh, I think there are, are are good uses of that, but I I, I know a PhD. I, not a PhD, sorry. I know a person with a master's in cybersecurity that I've I've had to um, review documents because they don't know how IP addressing works. Hmm. Um, now I'm not saying that's necessary. Uh, you know, you, 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 in cybersecurity P, uh, masters, but it seems like it would be something you would learn. Um, so, you know, there, there's definitely things we're losing in the conceptualizing of security rather than the actual technical side. Yeah. Um, but to, to get short, uh, I know we're running out of time. Um, the one thing I do constantly say uh, to these people, to, to, to new people or, or to anyone wanting to get in this industry is don't <clears throat> get in, don't get into InfoSec. Um, bring something to InfoSec. <laughs> You're fucking um, right. That's awesome. Yeah. So you all have specialties. Bring your specialty, whether whether it's it's sysadmin or programming or 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 and and focus on the new technologies. Because guess what? You're going to run circles around me in cloud. You know, I'm I'm trying to learn, but um, you know, if that's your native environment, you're going to do so much better than me trying to learn it. So yeah, uh, you know. That's why yeah. I love new shit, like. It's boring to always do the same shit. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of ground to cover, and that's a really good perspective with, with people because there's people that come from – a lot of talk about diverse backgrounds and people saying that I could never be, you know, X, Y, or Z because I was previously, like, ABC. Like, those things are completely, like, intermingleable. Like, you can totally take any background and, you know, anything that you've done as a side project, anything you've done – as a hobbyist and take that and apply it in completely unexpected ways, which is like what hacking is in general. So, but yep. yeah, yeah that's, you, you, that's you, you can have a degree in psychology and be a much better social engineer than me. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I guess, um, I guess we have a few minutes left. Is there anything else that you wanted to touch on or, or shout out to before we get going? Uh, I, I will, uh, send back the love to, uh, I, I, I did listen to the, uh, the, the Tinker Sec broadcast and send back love to, to him. I'm so glad he's part of our Dallas Association organization. Um, we're, we're really, really lucky here in, in DFW. I, I, I don't know where each of you are located, but, uh, I've, I've been into a lot of areas and, you know, you, you can, usually find something security related wherever you go but uh we we have a overflow of i mean i i go to five to six meetups a month and i can go to two to three times more but i i have a life <laughs> um it, it's fantastic here we're just so lucky in dfw if you're anywhere in this area and you've not come out 
uh, please do yourself a favor and uh, do us the favor and come out and, 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 and learn us. That's awesome. That's really inspiring to hear too, because there's a lot of people that, that, you know, want to find those sort of things in the area. And it's a lot of it just comes down to like you making it, you know, like you creating it. And it's cool to see, you know, or hear from you, your perspective on how this sort of communities get built like organically. And that's awesome. That's really inspiring. Well, and we did, we, we, yeah, we did. We did make it. That's the thing is, is if you don't see exactly what you want, not necessarily exactly support, support your community. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be, but if there's something that you're not seeing in your community, somebody else is not seeing that too. Mm -hmm. And it's so, so build it. And, uh, you know, um, they may or may not come, but if you offer free wings, there's a good chance they will. <laughs> That's always a plus. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So, um, should be getting off in a second. Is anybody else willing to say before we get going? I want to hear, um, uh, Zero's story. Just, just as a, as an outro. Sure. All right, gather around, kids and skids, while I dox myself. Um, back in the day, we had these things, as we discussed earlier today, called dial-up computers, and uh, we didn't have ISPs. We had local BBSs. Um, if you called a local number, just like any other phone number, you didn't get charged. If you called long-distance numbers, you did. Um, it wasn't later until my BBS career that I found out about redialers and blue boxes and the things that you could do to call uh, long distance BBSs. So um, we called up, my cousin and I, uh, we both had computers. I didn't have a modem, he did. Um, I would go to his house and beg him to use his computer. Uh, we guessed his dad's password. We would get on there and we would dial up the local BBS that we had. We found a text file that had a ton of different numbers for other BBSs in them. And we didn't really fully understand the machinations of calling a French BBS uh, and seeing all kinds of text files in French or whatever and not you know, fully understanding what was on the screen or whatever. We dialed all these numbers and we eventually got onto some Finnish BBS that had a bunch of English text files. And the, the rumor at the time was that the anarchist cookbook was specifically written to, uh, to blow people up. And there was another one that was an Amiga disc that was called the Jolly Roger cookbook. And it was supposed to be the real version of that. So uh, on this finished BBS long distance, my cousin and I spent however many hours downloading this like 275 page text file. And we decide that we're going to make um, a plastic explosive in his backyard. So we live out in the rural, uh, the rural countryside. We didn't, uh, we didn't do the directions correctly either. And uh, as we were sticking the uh, packing peanuts down into the gasoline that was mixed with oil next to his dad's tractor, uh, we wired up the battery from the tractor directly and then like a string over top of the tree to, uh, to put the hot wire in. We stood back as far as we could and we dropped that wire, huge explosion. The tractor blows up, the tree comes up rooted, glass all blown out in the side of his house. Every cop and sheriff, local FBI agent in town come to his parents' house. We're like swatted out, we're laying on the ground. They interrogated us for like all these hours. The whole time his dad's computer is still connected to this Finnish BBS. Um, after all these hours of interrogation, they completely believed that we were some sort of foreign terrorists. We were like 10, 12 year old kids at this point. And they were asking us all these wild questions and they were hundred percent sure. And uh, they, they interrogated us with and without our parents for hours and hours. And eventually they, they had told us they were gonna give us all these felony charges and all this stuff. And eventually a lawyer showed up and said, these kids are minors, you really can't charge them, but they're gonna be on watch list forever. 
And uh, that's the story of how my cousin and I weren't allowed to see each other for the next 12 years and how I had to pay a $600 phone bill uh, to Finland to download a text file. Oh, yeah. Dude. As another Jolly Rogers better, shout out to the bad kids on BBSs. Hell yeah. That was a great story. We'll have to uh, have that as some special feature or something. That was really good. That's awesome. <laughs> So I'm really glad that we're uh, we have our local terrorists uh, on, the, on the call. <laughs> um, so you have too many white hats on the show. You get you got to represent both sides, you know. <laughs> um, so we won't be on next week. We'll be preparing for the Chopped Hackathon, which I updated in the show notes the submission page. So if you've not signed up and you would like to definitely <coughs> sign up for it, uh, if you are not uh, into coding or you just want to see other people suffer, you can um, submit your ideas for the challenges as well. Um, and shout to uh, Wirefield. Thanks so much for coming on and hanging out with us. Um, Hell yeah. Who came in and hung out. Thanks for having me. Um, and so, yeah, we won't be on um, next week, but we will see you, uh, I guess, for the 24-hour stream. So uh, we'll see you then. Good see night, everybody. Yeah. Good night. night. And also, yeah, shut the fuck up and get a lawyer and get a blue box for your PBS being dated.